Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Jesus 911. Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Jesse and Ruben, we are uh, coming to you in uh, the second week uh, after Easter, Jess. And then we're still in Easter, and we're going to be talking about that today. Easter's not over yet. How you yeah, doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great, Ruben. I just want to let the audience know that we're fully vaxxed by the blood of Jesus, in case you're wondering. <laughs> that's so we are, we are safe. That's right. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I identify as a vaxxed person, so that's because of that. <laughs> blood uh, Ru- hey, hey, Ruben, uh, things are... You got you got some huge things happening in California right now. Some huge cultural paradigm shifts. We got to keep uh, keep California in prayer because uh, you guys are really fighting the good fight over there. Yeah, we're getting hit hard from from all directions. It's, I mean, it, it you know, with Hollywood here and and all that goes on in there, it's just uh, it, it's diametrically opposed to the you know what uh, what our Lord is asking for. It's just yeah, it's crazy. And then the the there's there's no reverence for human life here uh amongst yeah that's the, that's the point yeah exactly yeah yeah human life is irrelevant it, it's irrelevant to mr mr newsom hey ruben let me ask you your take before we started talking about easter today yeah what's your take on um elon musk taking over twitter is it a good thing is it a bad thing uh is a jury still out in your mind uh, what, uh are you hopeful what what's what's what do you think no i i think it's awesome he even put out a a, a a tweet that, uh, you know, even if you vehemently disagree with me, uh, I want you uh, using the platform because he's in, he he wants free free speech. He wants it to be like the the, the open square where people could come with different ideas, and and not get all bent out of shape. Just share what you're feeling. You know, you don't have to agree with each other, but uh, but but no one needs to be canceled and 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 you know criticized. And and so I know that. Uh, President Trump is going to uh, stay on his platform. He already said that, but uh, you know he thinks it's a good, he thinks it's a good idea as well for for Elon Musk, and the, and the li- the liberals are just freaking out. They think, oh my God, you know the, we're going to be taking. He, he's going to be allowing, uh, you know, this uh, conservative values and conservative thought to even penetrate the the the, the thoughts of of many across the the, the world. And that's frightening to them because they want to control us with the, if they control the message, they control our thoughts and, and, you know. Yeah. I I tend to agree that I think it's a good thing. Uh, He's kind of an enigma. He's the, it's hard to define him politically. I think he's more like a libertarian, Yeah, but he, he definitely is the first amendment guy. He definitely does believe in free speech and he's using his, his bully pulpit uh, of of his uh, billions of dollars to affect this change. I hope President Trump uh, somewhere down the line says, you know what, I'm going to come back. I did hear from uh, so, one, somebody else that that he would co- that he would consider coming back if they would reinstate his 93 million followers. He had the largest following on Twitter. I, I think if Elon Musk uh, dangles a carrot and says, hey, uh, I'll reinstate your 93 million followers, I think Trump would, would jump on it and keep his platform as well. That's what I think. Mm. 
Yeah, is it, isn't Elon Musk from uh, South Africa? Yeah, very interesting. So, so I saw somebody say, hey, man, you criticize him. He's an African-American, so you criticize him. You're racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Hey, well, let's talk about the fact that Easter isn't over yet. Here's when it officially ends. Catholics recognize Easter when Christ rises from the dead after sacrificing his life for all of humanity as the first Sunday after the first full moon, on or after the spring equinox. But, but as it turns out, they can continue saying Happy Easter into June. Yep. Easter lasts for a total of 50 days from Easter Sunday until the Feast of Pentecost. That's what Penta means. It means 50. When the Holy Spirit comes upon the Apostles, Mary, and the first followers of Christ. Uh, so, yeah, Ruben, that's... Uh, as Catholics, it's we just finished the Easter octave, but now we're in the in the Easter Pentecost, the fifty days of celebration. That, yeah, it's going to run till June fifth, and um, so Catholics, you know, we observe Easter in different stages. Easter Sunday is the greatest Sunday of the year, obviously, and it marks the start of the Easter octave um, or the eight days that uh, that stretch. the uh, The entire Easter season lasts fifty days, and that's going to include the Solemnity of the Ascension of Christ, which falls on the fortieth day of Easter, which this year is May twenty sixth, and it ends with Pentecost. It's derived from the Greek word Pentecoste, meaning fiftieth, and um, the fifty days from the Sunday of, uh, of the Resurrection to Pentecost Sunday are celebrated in joy, exultation, as one feast day, indeed, as one great Sunday, according to the USCCB. So these uh, all these days above are are others in which the Alleluia is sung. I like hearing that just the, the Alleluia, Alleluia. Uh, just <clears throat> it's um it's 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 a time of joy. It's you know you're rejoicing and you're right, Ruben. Let me tell you something that may be interesting to the audience. Okay. The first thing that that the saint hears when they enter into heaven, into the beatific vision, the very first thing that the saint hears is. Alleluia, over and over again. We know that from Revelation chapter 19, it actually says that. Yeah. As soon as you enter heaven, that's what you're going to hear. You're not going to be hearing rap. You're not going to be hearing, you know, uh, any, other, any other secular profane music. You're going to be hearing angelic alleluias as you're entering into the presence of God. That's found in Revelation chapter 19. Yep. And uh, that's part of our, you know, part of the liturgy when we, uh, you know, we're saying Sanctus, 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 and uh, the angels are doing that day in and day out all the time. So mm -hmm. re repetitive prayer, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, the God, here's, uh, the, I tell Protestants, God loves repetitive prayer when it comes from the heart, when it's genuine. If it's not coming from the heart and if it's not genuine, then of course it's an abomination to God, just like the repetitive prayer that they used to do to the pagans in the Old Testament. Those are just, uh, they're trying to get these fake gods to do something. Uh, they're not doing it out of a heart full of love. And if anybody's been married for any length of time, you know your wife is all, wants you to repeat over and over. I've been married for 38 years. Mm. And I don't know how many times I've told Anita, and, and, and I still have to tell her. I mean, it's just, it's just part of being married. Mm. You've got to tell them that you love them. Yeah. I can't say, come on, I've been telling you that for 38 years. Knock it off. I don't have to tell you anymore. No, but I love it when you tell me. I want to hear it again and again. Again, repetitive words when it comes from the heart is the language of love. That's why in the liturgy, the saints and angels are repeating these antiphons and doxologies. These are praise, prayers and praises of love. That's right. Right, right, right. So 
You know, obviously the, uh, the USCCB calls Easter the most important of all liturgical times. And, um, it celebrates Jesus' victory of sin and death and salvation for mankind. The bishops say it's it's the greatest act of love to redeem mankind, and um, we just have to be grat- grateful, just that um, you know it's not just that one day we we come together on Easter and, and rejoice, but just having that spirit in us that's that's always uh, you know just gratitude. This this attitude of gratitude that uh, we have because right. of what our Lord has done. But in the traditional form of the Roman Rite, Easter is known properly as Paschal Tide, which includes three parts, the season of Easter, Ascension Tide, and the Octave of Pentecost. It thus lasts one week longer than the Easter season in the calendar of the Missal of St. Paul the, the, the Sixth, so the Nova Sordo was talking about. And the season of Easter begins with the Easter Vigil on Holy Saturday, runs through the afternoon of the Vigil of the Ascension. Ascension Tide begins the evening before the Ascension and first vespers of the feast and the ends the afternoon of the vigil of Pentecost marking the first novena and it celebrates Jesus victory of sin and death and salvation for mankind and uh so we're gonna it looks like the octave of Pentecost is an extension of the feast of Pentecost beginning with the vigil mass of Pentecost and ending the afternoon of the following Saturday which falls June 11th so we're going to be all the way into summer, Jesse, and we're still going to be the uh, power of the resurrection. Yeah. Yep, we're still. Uh, Ruben, one of my favorite movies on the resurrection is a movie. Uh, it's called Risen. It was made a couple of years ago. It depicts a, a Roman soldier. Yeah, that has a conversion. I, I watched it again uh, during uh, during Passion Week. Mm. Uh, one of the it's uh, that one and the Passion are absolutely phenomenal faith building movies. But I'll tell you personally why Easter is so important. Because prior to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, people weren't really sure what happened when you died. There was debates amongst the Greeks, the Egyptians, even the Jews. They debated, hmm, is there life after death? Not sure. So the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ settled the question that the ancients had for centuries and centuries. What happens when you die? Does the person have a soul? Does the soul live on beyond the body? All these questions were answered on Resurrection Sunday forevermore. So now we could even look at death. I mean, think about it. This is kind of a weird thing that I'm going to say, but the early church fathers would say that when you're in a state of grace and you know and you're in the right relationship with God, guess what? Death is even a positive option. I'm going to say that again. When you're living in a state of grace and you're about to die, it doesn't matter how you're going to die, death becomes a positive option because now we know because of Jesus' resurrection that there is life after death and He has promised us because He lives, we will live also. Mm. That's right, Jess. Out of way to, well said. Uh, we're going to stay on this some, this uh, this topic because uh, a lot of people are wondering, well, why does Easter have two dates? And uh, we're going to explain that in the next sec- segment here. <clears throat> Christians have two dates for Easter. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Be right back.
Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. We're going to be getting into why Easter has two dates and uh, give you a little history lesson here. Yeah, this is uh, it's interesting, Jesse, what uh, the authors uh, write about here. And uh, it's off, it's often been uh, on people's minds, well, you know, how come the, the, the Orthodox, are, they still haven't had their Easter? And um, so we're going to hopefully clear that all up this, this, uh, this morning here. Um, so, you know, we, so we celebrated Easter, you know, a week and a half ago, or, and you might already have a box of people who, you know, with... Uh, Still waiting for their, you know, to look, search, having their kids search for Easter eggs and stuff like that. But uh, some Christians, April fourth will be Lent, will be still be in Lent, and marshmallow chicks, chocolate bunnies, and the Easter feast will will be weeks away. What they're talking about is, um, you know, the, these uh, these people who celebrate it after we do here in in the West, and uh, it turns out that the date of Easter is more complicated than you probably realize. And in fact, for the whole of Christian history, the date of the celebration of Easter has been a controversial t- question, controversial enough even to lead to excommunications and nearly to schism and complex enough that historians are still arguing about how the controversies unfolded and who's at fault. And I wasn't aware that all this was going on, that uh, it had gotten to that point where, you know, people were, you know, getting excommunicated and stuff. The long and short of it is, while the majority of the world's Christians celebrate Easter on the same day, there's a split between the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Churches about the correct date, and that split extends even to some Catholic communities themselves. Jess, I can't hear you. Uh, Okay, you're good. Okay, so there are two dates for Easter. Yes, here's the history. In the early centuries of Christianity... Churches in different parts of the world celebrated Easter at different times and in different ways. Some churches, especially those with direct Jewish roots, celebrated Easter on the day of Passover, tying the Feast of the Pascha to the Last Supper, and centering the Feast of the Resurrection on that day. They said this was the custom since the time of the Apostles. This practice eventually came to be called Quarto Deseminism. But other churches, including the Diocese of Rome, thought the celebration of Easter should be on Sunday and the date not necessarily tied directly to Passover. Eventually, that disagreement got pretty serious and led to attempts to excommunicate the bishops who led the Quarto Decimanus Diocese. The controversy led nearly led to schism, and it was complicated. Scholars are still debating the exact contours of the disagreement. Even more complicated, the Quarto Decimanism controversy was only one of of several serious disagreements in the early church over when to celebrate Easter. There were other fights about other Easter date issues, some related, Mm -hmm. some completely different. Ruben, go ahead. Yeah. So it goes back to 325, the Council of Nicaea. They decided the whole church needed to standardize the date for Easter. In a certain sense, Rome won that debate. Nicaea decided that the Roman way of calculating Easter's date should be used everywhere. But while Nicaea preferred the Roman way, 
Details on how Rome actually set the date were not exactly clear, so most places kept doing what they'd already been doing. And it took a few centuries before things were entirely worked out, and different ch- Christian churches disagree strongly on the way that history unfolded. This member, <laughs> we had no internet, we had no phone system. Yeah, exactly. You know, travel was not what it is today. Eventually, however, it became standard among Christians and that Easter should be celebrated. Eventually, uh, so on the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the vernal equinox, and after Passover. So the vernal equinox is the date when day and night are the same length, and from there the days begin getting longer than the nights. And the church has mostly considered it to be a fixed date, March 21st, for most people. So why after Passover? Well, because that's the sequence of events in Scripture. Jesus celebrates Passover, is crucified, and then rises from the dead. Okay, so once that formula was mostly set, it was mostly smooth sailing, right? (laughs) Mostly, for a little while. But here's what happened. In 1582, Pope Gregory XIII introduced a new calendar system called the Gregorian calendar. Before he did before he did that, most Christian countries followed the Julian calendar which had been introduced by Julius Caesar in 46 BC. The trouble with the Julian calendar is that it overestimated the length of a year by about 10 minutes, which then which might not seem like a lot, but which added up over the centuries leaving the calendar drifting from the cycles of the seasons. Pope Gregory shortened the year by 0.0075 days, recalculating how leap years would work and aligning the actual vernal equinox with the date at which it was set on the church's calendar. Introducing the calendar also meant fast-forwarding by 10 dates when the switch was made. And because the difference between dates on the Gregorian and Julian calendars grows over time, the calendars are actually now 13 days apart. Go ahead. Yeah, Jess. Didn't we, um, d- didn't we use something in, uh, in law enforcement uh, with the Julian calendar? I, I vaguely remember us dealing with that, um, but I can't recall. Uh, if that, does that ring a bell to you? No, it doesn't, but now you got me curious. I'm going to have to look into it. <laughs> the thing is, uh, the Eastern Orthodox churches, which by, the, by that time were split from communion with the pope did not accept the gregorian calendar they kept using the julian calendar that meant that all the feasts of the church were celebrated by the orthodox almost two weeks after they were celebrated by catholics yeah you see that also with with christmas you know so until 1923 in that year several orthodox churches agreed it would be good to align the dates of the most feasts with the catholic church so they agreed on a new calendar the revised julian calendar that reset the date for most things, but kept the old calculation of Easter. But not all Orthodox churches went with the revised Julian calendar. So now Orthodox churches are split amongst themselves between new calendarists and old calendarists. Oh, man. And they celebrate most feasts on two different sets of dates, except, of course, for Easter. But whether they are new calendarists or old calendarists, all Orthodox churches celebrate Easter on a different date than does the Latin Catholic Church. And because of the way the date is calculated, Orthodox Easter can be anywhere between one and four weeks after Catholic Easter. That's crazy. But but here it gets a little bit trickier. The Catholic Church is a communion of 24 
Suurius churches, which are often referred to incorrectly as rites. By far the largest of those churches is the Latin Catholic Church. Uh, and uh, for, for the most past, the other churches, sometimes called the Eastern Catholic Churches, were once de facto Orthodox congregations that eventually reestablished communion with the Bishop of Rome, the Pope. They retained their liturgical heritage and cultural heritage and a high degree of, of internal autonomy, but they are subject to the governance of the Pope. The Eastern Catholic Churches, for the most part, celebrate Easter at the same time the Latin Catholic Church does. So, so, so do so proudly. Uh, excuse me. Some do so proudly as a sign of their communion with the Pope. But in some Eastern Catholic churches, there remains a cultural attachment to the Julian calendar and to the Orthodox date for Easter. In the Ukrainian Catholic Church, for example, while the official date for Easter is April fourth, most dioceses in Europe and especially in Ukraine, celebrate Easter on the Orthodox date. In the U.S. and Canada, the decision sometimes comes down to individual parishes, and some parishes even celebrate Easter twice, once on each date. Go ahead, Ruben. Oh, man. Yeah. It's getting complicated. Yep. In some majority Orthodox countries, even Latin Catholic parishes celebrate Easter on the date the Orthodox do. So so as the, as the Church approaches the 17th anniversary of the Council of Nicaea, which will be commemorated this uh, 2025, some prominent Orthodox leaders have urged a renewal of talks on finding a common date for Easter. The Vatican has been positive about the idea, but uh, this suggestion actually pops up every few years. And if history is a guide, it's not going to be easy to find a common date. It's, it's probably unlikely. Meanwhile, no matter the date, the Christians will be unified in one proclamation this Easter. Christ is risen. It's just that some will say in April, while others fast through four more weeks of Lent. Uh, but it's not like they're fasting more than forty days. It's just they're they're starting later. So, they're but uh, so anyway, those Eastern uh, Catholics are are still uh, celebrating and still fasting. They're in the penitential season. So, anyway, um, Jess, you want? I thought I I thought that uh, was pretty interesting. I mean, and it goes to show you, Ruben, the way. Uh, that's why Christ set up an authority structure, and you need somebody to basically call balls and strikes at the at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's and, and that's the Bishop of Rome, because if not, you get uh, you get this uh, these different interpretations about uh, what happened in history, and uh, that that divides the body of Christ. That doesn't unify the body of Christ. I just want to mention one more thing before we go on to the next topic. Is that some people? Uh, I got an email. Somebody asked me, "Hey, Jess, when did Jesus Christ arise on Sunday morning?" Well, according to Mar Venerable Mary of Agreda in the Mystical City of God, Volume Three, she writes that our Blessed Lord uh, revealed to her that He uh, rose from the dead at three a.m. Sunday morning. Three a.m. Sunday morning. That's in volume 3, page 727 of the Mystical City of God. And also something very interesting, most people don't realize that. There's, a, there's six early church fathers, and there's a bunch of theologians of the Middle Ages, like St. Ignatius of Loyola, uh, Blessed Catherine of Emmerich. You even have as recently as St. John Paul II. There's a slew of saints, bold in the early church, in the Middle Ages, and now that say that based on tradition, the first person that saw Jesus Christ risen from the dead was the Blessed Virgin Mary. 
This is, this is the tradition of the church. Now, some people will say, well, no, Jess, the Bible says it was Mary Magdalene. Well, the Bible also tells us in John 21, 25, that everything that Jesus Christ said and did is not written in the Bible. Because if it was, we, could, we, you know, we wouldn't be able to contain all the books uh, in, 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 uh, regarding everything that Jesus Christ said and did. And so it stands to reason, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary was virtually the only one that didn't run away from Jesus. Everybody ran away from him, except Our Lady, John the Apostle, Mary Magdalene. But uh, again, the fathers of the church, when you listen to their arguments, St. Vincent Ferrer, St. Ignatius Loyola, Blessed Catherine of Emmerich, all of them have, have clearly teach that the first person based on sacred tradition is was the Blessed Virgin Mary. Our Lord appeared to her first after the resurrection. To me, that stands to reason. Yeah. Uh, it, when you look at the relationship that she had with Jesus, uh, just look at the passion, especially those last 18 hours. It stands to reason that she would be the first one to see her son. Oh, yeah, it makes total sense. It does. And, and, and with her humility to want to just stand in the background and, and not not put that out to everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, why, that's why Matthew, Mark, and Luke didn't put it out, because she didn't want it to be put out. That's why. That's right. Hey, Ruben, we're going to talk about all these athletes dropping dead. What's going on? This is concerning. Something's got to be done. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. We are here back talking about the staggering number of athletes that are collapsing following the jab. So let's get into this, Jess. This is uh Ruben, this is put out by Dr. Mercola, Joseph Mercola. He's a family medical doctor in Cape Coral, Florida. He uh, received his medical degree from Chicago College of Osteopathic Medicine at Midwestern University. He's been in practice for over 20 years. I know he collaborates a lot with frontline doctors. I'm not sure if he's part of them, but I know he collaborates a lot with them. He's the one that put out this article. He's been uh, one of those uh, uh, truth tellers from the, from day one. Yeah, um, this is concerning. A, a lot of it has to do with my beloved sport, soccer. That's right. right? Yeah, you got two beloved sports: weightlifting and soccer. <laughs> Man. Yeah. So my so my buddies uh, at work they used to say, "Soccer's not a sport. Come on." Oh, he he doesn't he doesn't play he doesn't play football. He plays football, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, so more than 769 athletes have collapsed on the field during the game from March 2021 to March 2022. The shocking statistic: this is at a glance. One American News Network OAN, which also found the average age of the athletes who suffered cardiac arrest is just 23 years, 23 years old. Unbelievable. An updated report by Good Sciencing, a team of investigators, news editors, journalists, and truth seekers has detailed 890 cardiac arrests and other serious issues among athletes, including 579 deaths following COVID-19 shots. With cases like these becoming impossible to ignore, even a mainstream media sports channel in Australia speculated that the health issues could be linked to COVID-19 shots. And one of the one of the hosts acknowledged that multiple players have suffered from heart issues and Bell's, Bell's palsy following the COVID-19 booster shots. Wow. Number one, the unprecedented surge in cardiac arrest 
and other hard issues among elite athletes coincides with the rollout of COVID-19 jabs. The Miami Open made headlines in early April 2022 after 15 players, all of whom had reportedly received COVID-19 injections, uh, dropped out. Uh, among them were favorites Paula Badosa and Janik Sinner. Badosa left the court in tears after becoming unwell, and Sinner's opponent said he saw him bend over on the court, noting it was very strange. Next point. Even the fans were confused with one stating, what's going on? And another point made is, as Pearson, as Pearson Sharp of OAN explained, quote, there are just two, these are just two of more than 769 athletes who have collapsed during a game on the field over the last year. And uh, he continued, look what he says here, quote, how many 23-year-old athletes were collapsing and suffering heart attacks before this year? Do you know? any 23-year-old people who had heart attacks before now. And these are just the ones we know about. How many have gone and reported? Nearly 800 athletes, young, fit, in the prime of their life, falling down on the field? In fact, 500% more soccer players in the EU are dropping dead from heart attacks than just one year ago. Coincidence? When the Pfizer vaccine is known to cause heart inflammation no it's not a coincidence in fact many doctors treating these players list their injuries and deaths as being directly caused by the vaccine this is not a coincidence right that's right <clears throat> so various versus that uh, vaccine adverse evo- event reporting system that we've talked about in the past and uh, people in the medical industry have tested well they've, they've come out and said hey we're not we're not following the protocol. We're not reporting all these things. It's very rare that uh, the the majority of issues don't get reported. So it's not a very good tracking system, um, but boy, they have it. But as of April 1st, 2022, the VAERS, which is where adverse events caused by COVID jabs in the U.S. are supposed to be collected, lists 26,693 deaths, along with 147,677 hospitalizations in association with the COVID-19 shot. There are also 13,677 13, heart attacks and 38,024 cases of myocarditis, which is the inflammation of the heart muscle, and pericarditis, inflammation of the tissue sacs surrounding the heart. I mean, you know, a handful of those should have been caused for, for a pause and, and, and take another look at this. You've got thousands of people that are dropping from this, and I can't, I just can't. You know that this is um, there's a their goal behind it is is just this depopulate the earth exactly. Ruben, there's been other medications in times past where you get like ten people that have reactions in fifty states in the entire country and they pull it off the shelf immediately. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So myocarditis and pericarditis cause symptoms such as chest pain, shortness of breath, and a fluttering or pounding heart. Cases have occurred most often after. MRNA COVID-19 injections, Pfizer, Biotech, and Moderna, particularly in male adolescents, young adults, according to the CDC. Further, myocarditis occurs more often after the second injection, usually within a week. Um, Past investigations have shown only between 1% and 10% of adverse reactions are ever reported to VAERS. Just like you said, Ruben, it hardly gets reported, which is a passive 
voluntary reporting system. So the actual number could be much higher. Kyle Warner is one athlete who filed a VAERS report about his own health injuries following the COVID-19 jab. It took him 45 minutes to complete. How many people are going to fill out a 45-minute form, Ruben? No. Very, very few. A length of time that many doctors can't or won't devote when it comes to reporting adverse vaccine reactions seen among other, other patients. Uh, Kyle Warner, who is 29 years old, was at the peak of his career as a professional mountain bike racer when, in June 2021, he got a second dose of Pfizer COVID-19 shot. He suffered a reaction so severe that months later he was still spending days in bed, easily overwhelmed by too much mental or physical exertion. He says, I believe where there is risk, there needs to be choice, Kyle Werner said. Instead, <clears throat> Kyle Werner says, people are being coerced into making a decision based on lack of information versus being convinced of a decision based on total information transparency, close quote. Despite the rising number of adverse effects being reported in VAERS, top government officials such as NIAID Director Dr. Apostate Anthony Fauci and CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky have attempted to discredit it. Yep, that's because they're getting paid off. Just the, the, the big pharma, there's, there's too much money involved in this. Yeah. So. They're pushing this whole narrative, and most notably, this occurred during a Senate hearing when both individuals implied that if a person had received the jab and was then killed in a car accident, it's possible it could be recorded in VAERS as a vaccine injury. However, while anyone can make a report to VAERS, a component that that critics use to claim that VAERS can contain errors and even false claims due to the length, lengthy and complicated submitted, submittal process Adverse events are notoriously under, not over, reported. And that's just human nature, Jesse. When they uh, at the Sheriff's Department had had wanted us to document all our uh, all our uh, encounters with people, uh, people just stopped, stopped doing the encounters. They stopped making uh, more work for themselves because they, they had to sit there. And it, it's disheartening to have to sit there for 30 minutes. In this case, it says 45 minutes to sit there and fill out a form when you could out be doing other police work. And it, it, it's, that's just, you know, people take the, the path of least, least resistance. That's right. Yeah. Go yep. ahead. Uh, let me go. Yeah. Let's go here to uh, some cases here. Yeah. Florian Deguri, a world record holder in static breath hold pre-diving after receiving his second dose of Pfizer COVID-19 injection, he experienced increased heart rate, and a reduction in his breathing and breath-holding capacity. A cardiologist diagnosed him with myocarditis and pericarditis. As a result of the shots, DeGory's career may be over. How about Jeremy Chardy? <clears throat> a 34-year-old professional tennis player, ranked 73rd in the world, suspended a season due to a severe adverse reaction to COVID-19 shot, which left him unable to engage in intense activity. How about veteran triathlete Antoine Michen? 32 years old, is facing the potential <clears throat> the potential end to his career after receiving the Moderna COVID-19 injections. After his second dose, he began to experience shortness of breath and low back pain, which turned out to be a pulmonary embolism. Wow. The symptoms, which included breathing problems and arm pain, started after the first dose. But doctors brushed off his shortness of breath as related to stress and fatigue. About a month after his second dose, shortness of breath and body pain returned, only after testing at a sports clinic 
was the pulmonary embolism revealed on this veteran triathlete. Wow, that could have killed him right there. Um, and then there's this uh, UK football legend, and he's a sports commentator, Matt Letissier, uh, and he's featured in a video. And uh, yeah, they they actually he's from Southampton, Jesse. This guy is a stud. He was a, uh, I think, he played for like 17 years, and he wow. stayed with the same club, even though big clubs were trying to lure him away. He wanted to be loyal to this to his his, his fan base, and you know they called him Legad. That's how how good he was that uh, they they nicknamed him Lega. <clears throat> and also, um, so he says, I've never seen anything like it. I, he's, I says, I played for 17 years. I don't think I saw one person in 17 years have to come off the field pitch with breathing difficulties, clutching their heart and heart problems. Um, last year, I, it's just been unbelievable how many people, not just footballers, but sports people in general, tennis players, cricketers, basketball players, just how many are just keeling over. And at some point, surely you have to say, this isn't right. This needs to be investigated. By December 2021, 300 reports of athletes collapsing and some dying had already been collected, including high-profile European soccer star Adama Traore, who clutched his chest and collapsed on the field. An updated report by Good Science and a team of investigators, news editors, journalists, and truth seekers has detailed... 890 cardiac arrest and other serious issues among athletes, including 579 deaths following COVID-19 shots. We'll be right back. Stick around. We'll keep talking about uh, this great cover-up and this uh, attempt to depopulate planet Earth. I'm going to tell you also uh, what happened over at Baker to Vegas, the law enforcement run this past couple weeks ago. Mm. Uh, Same thing. We'll talk about it. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, two-man car, 10-8, and uh, we're talking about a staggering number of athletes that are that are dying and uh, being treated for heart ailments after, after the jab. Yeah, Jesse, uh, I was talking to some friends who, for those who don't know, out in um, LAPD years ago created a race. It's a relay race from the city of Baker, which is um, just on the, on the LA, California state uh, on the side of the of the border of the state line between Nevada and California, and it and it went into uh, into Vegas, and they call that run Baker to Vegas, and it had some other name before it was that, but. Uh, Death Valley race. That's right. That's right. Death Valley. So I know Jesse, you've run it many times. Uh, and, uh, um, I was too, I was too heavy to run it. You know, um, you're a sprinter. You were not a jogger. Yeah, yeah, I could, you were a sprinter. I could sprint, but I, I, so I supported him. My wife ran it on the, the elite teams. My my wife ran the, on the women's, uh, team, which is the, which was our good team. Uh, anyway, wow. What ha what happened this past, uh, couple weeks ago, when the, they had the race and it was about a hundred degrees and it's been hotter before I've been out there when it's been over a hundred. And so people do sometimes go man down because of the heat and the, you know, uh, dehydration and stuff. So, but in this case, there was 26 evacuations. People were falling down having, it was, it was, they were saying that, that these people were, were vaccinated. 
and they were going out with heart problems and they event, they had to stop the race Jesse they they put it on pause because they had run out of medevac units they run out of they were helicopter you know air airlifting people out of the desert to to get help 26 people uh, these are you know people are in good shape just like these athletes you know and wow and they've been training for that for months and uh to go down uh, with heart problems it's I don't know why we're still, why are we still having this discussion, man? This stuff should be taken off the market ASAP. Yeah, Ruben, I, but these, a lot of these cops should know better. They're, they're well-read and they're well-cultured. I, I can't, but well. Because some, yeah. some agencies demand that they get jabbed. That's the, true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're right. Or your, or your job. Yeah. It's uh, what is it? Uh, no jab, no job. Right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's, uh, yeah, yeah, that, uh, that's a head scratcher what you just shared right now. So let's continue here by uh, here's what uh, this European star soccer, Adam Trori, uh, uh, this article says that there's 890 cardiac arrests and other serious issues among athletes, including 579 deaths following the COVID-19 shots. They're maintaining a non-exhaustive and continuously growing list of mainly young athletes who had major medical issues in 2021-2022 after receiving one or more COVID-19s. And it's definitely not normal for so many, mainly young athletes, to suffer from cardiac arrest or to die while playing their sport. But this year it is happening. Many of these heart issues and deaths come shortly after they got the COVID vaccine. While it is possible this can happen to people who did not get a COVID vaccine, the sheer numbers clearly point to the only obvious cause. Initially, many of these were not reported. We know that many people were told not to tell anyone about their adverse reactions, and the media was not reporting them. They started happening and ramping up after the first COVID vaccinations. The mainstream media are still not reporting most, but sports news cannot ignore the fact that soccer players and other stars collapse in the middle of a game due to a sudden cardiac arrest, many of those die, more than 50% of them. We also know that many posts in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter forums, and news stories are being removed. So now we are receiving some messages saying there is no proof of the event or a vaccination status. This is partly because this information is being hidden. Go ahead, Ruben. 100%. Gary Dempsey, he's a professional soccer player with nearly a two-decade career. He also tweeted just how unusual the recent wave of cardiac events among athletes is. Quote, was a professional for nearly 20 years from 96, played nearly 500 games, club and international level, never, ever was there one cardiac arrest, either in the crowd or a player. It's actually quite scary, end quote. And all, besides the, the heart issues, he's got um, Bell's palsy has gone through the roof. The video above, um, they, there's a video on this uh, stream, it's from a mainstream sports channel in Australia uh, detailing another professional athlete, Ollie Wines, who's out of the game due to nausea, dizziness, and heart palpitations. With cases like this becoming impossible to ignore, the Sunday footy show, that's a panel spe uh, speculated that the health issues could be linked to COVID-19 shots, and one of the hosts acknowledged that multiple players have suffered from heart issues and Bell's palsy following the COVID-19 booster shots. Wards are filled with people suffering the same issues, he said. And former professional footballer Matthew Lloyd, who was recently diagnosed with Bell's palsy, stated, 
heart issues and Bell's palsy have gone through the roof since the boosters and COVID issues. For those of you who don't know what Bell's palsy is, it's it's um, usually it, it affects the, the facial region where it's, you know, your face gets twisted and um, and it's I'm not laughing at that. I was laughing at something. It, my it like mom, falls down. Your face falls down. It falls down or yeah. it just gets contorted. Yeah. I, and, you know, I, my mom used to say that, thing, you know, old wife's tale, like we'd go in the freezer after uh, being outside playing. We were the old re, the old refrigerators. They had that ice build up on the top of it. We take a cup and we scrape it kind of be like a snow cone. But it, it had a funny taste to it. My mom goes, you're going to get you're you're, you're going to get your face is going to get twisted up. And that, that's why <laughs> I started thinking about that. <laughs> All right. It says Lloyd also, Matthew Lloyd, this professional footballer, also said that he's heard of many cases of heart issues similar to wines. He says we had sports journalist Michael, Mike, Michelangelo Russi on, and he said if there's a ward filled with people with similar symptoms to Ollie Wines, nausea, heart issues, so there has to be something more to it. It is well known that toxic spike proteins can circulate in your body after infection or COVID-19 injection, causing damage to cells, tissues, and organs. As your heart rate beats faster during intense athletic activity, the spike proteins are able to circulate faster throughout your body, pointing to a potential reason why so many athletes are collapsing on the field. It's important that these stories are heard, so if you or a loved one has been, one has been injured by a COVID-19 injection, please share your story with us and encourage others you know who have a story to share as well. Here's my take on the whole thing, Ruben. Obviously, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not anti-vax. I'm just, anti, I'm, I'm just anti-vax mandate. Uh, again, I, I don't know. The liberals, the liberals, I don't know whatever happened to their mantra about my body, my choice, because that argument cuts both ways. I wish a lot of these people would have just used that my body, my choice and said, I'm not doing this. But what we're watching right now is the what happened to the blacks like 50 years ago is called the Tuskegee Experiment. What we're seeing right now is the unethical Tuskegee experiment being done on an international scale with these COVID jabs because these COVID jabs are being promoted unabashedly by the globalists and it pains me even by Pope Francis. And these jabs have been developed on the backs of aborted babies. They were all produced using aborted fetal cell lines for testing purposes Mm -hmm. and the aborted baby was killed to extract those cells from their kidneys, uh, that's generally where they get them from. And this is known by, by God Almighty, even though people may deny this. So for those of you that have received these COVID-19 shots, well, my early sympathies for the potential complications that you may have. If I were you, I would go get the anointing of the sick. I would go to confession and I would confess this. Because, say I'm guilt-ridden by this. I, don't, I, I know I shouldn't have done this. Uh, and I would just, uh, again... Uh, Live in a state of grace and make sure you have a life of, of steady prayer, uh, asking God for forgiveness at the end of the day with a good act of contrition. I think they're trying to use millions of us as guinea pigs, Reuben. But the fact is, I don't need to get vaxxed by Fauci or Biden because I'm vaxxed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, Jesse, and, and a lot of these people who speak out on this issue, um, they're getting uh, canceled. You know, this uh, Leticia, the uh, soccer player, he... Um, he he had a, a speaking. He was a commentator after his career was done, and he uh, he got counsel from that because he was speaking out against this. So, 
it, you know, it, you gotta you gotta know what what battles to, you're gonna fight and what you know what hill you're gonna die on. And and I, I think this is worth it because uh, this has to this has to be the truth has to come out on this, and those people have to be held accountable. It, I, I don't know if we'll ever see it in our lifetime, Jesse, but this uh, this is just downright despicable what uh, what's happening to these these athletes and uh, and not only that th- these are just the ones that we know about. What about what about just the average Joe citizen? You know that whose name isn't known to the public. There's thousands and thousands more of those people that go unnamed and and uh, you know they're just you know. Small potatoes to these uh, these elitists and the big pharma and these uh, the Fauci's and Bill Gates uh, world. So, uh, That's right, yep, yeah. So I, you know, it makes me wonder if 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 these people, some of of all those congressmen and senators are vaccinated because, you know, uh, but but then again, they're not very active, so they may not it might not show up. Ruben, I don't think they are. I think they're. I think it's, these are photo ops. I think they're getting salt pills, saline shots. I don't think these these old men and old women are getting uh, the jab. The people that uh, are in the know, they they why they you know they, this exactly. Is part they, of the scam. Yeah, they know what it does to you. They're not going to stick themselves with poison with these poison pills. They want to leave that to us. These people, in some way, shape, or form, want to just connect to the internet through transhumanism and live forever here in this uh, utopia utopian earth that they're going to create through global warming. Wow. Get me out of here. That's right. I want to go with Jesus. I want to go with the Blessed Virgin Mary. I want to go to the kingdom of heaven uh, that can't be built by the constructs of men, mm-hmm. uh, can't be built by the Tower of Babel. That's right. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want Jesus to find any of that contamination in my body when, when I uh, take my final breath. You know, I don't want that on my conscience. Ruben, here's a thought. Jesus is going to tell some people at the Last Judgment, uh, uh, get away from me. I don't know you, or I never knew you, mm-hmm. or I don't know you. Think about this. If this thing, if this whole transhumanism uh, that's being pushed by the left, if this happens and they make people half humans and half machines, it stands to reason that a person that's a half human, half machine, when they die and they stand before the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to look at them and say, I don't know you. Think about that. <sighs> if you're half human and half machine, yeah. uh, you're, you're, you're Frankenstein's monster. Jesus Christ will probably say, I don't know you. Mm. That's my take. That's right. You, trust in, see, uh, see that uh, the crucifix behind me. Trust in him. Put your trust Amen. in Jesus. Amen. <laughs> you know, and uh, forget about about this, this weird science because it's not going to help you. It's going to hurt you. Stick to the, uh, the rosary and, and our devotions. Get the Holy Mass, adoration. And uh, keep listening. Keep listening, Jesse. We're going to keep trying to fill these people in on, uh, our listeners in on uh, what's going on. Amen. Finish it up, Jesse. Up next, Gary Machuda. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Keep the faith.